there. Alexander Barkov, another shot for the Cats to win in the seventh round. Barkov, let's go, Hello and welcome back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, Noah? Oh, good. How about you? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, you know, pretty pretty laid back week. Weather's been nice out here, so it's been good. But, yeah, uh, we got a little little NHL news this week, so that was nice. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> You know, it's been pretty pretty slow, but this past week there's been, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's been some signings that have been announced, uh, including Grigory Denisenko for the Florida Panthers. How do you feel about that? Um, happy. Uh, we'll see where he plays next season. I, you know, I, I, I've seen him play, and I, I heard what people were saying about him, and I think the consensus is that People feel he's ready next year, especially with the likelihood of uh, Evgeny Dadnov or one of one of Dadnov or Hoffman leaving in free agency. Yeah. Um, so they kind of expect him to come in and fill that that void. And um, I mean, he is without a doubt probably the best forward prospect in the Panthers system right now. Yeah, honestly, without <laughs> a doubt. Yeah, it, it's it, to me. It's easily him, and then it's Tippett, and then there's yeah. That's that's who I was. Uh, I was going back and forth between, um, but we'll see. He had a strong World Juniors this year, so um, the yeah, last two, exciting. the last two World yeah. Juniors, he's been very, very good for Russia. Um, so it, it's exciting. Um, you know, glad he, glad he's finally under contract. Excited to. Get a closer look at him for sure, because mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't really see much of of players when they're playing over in you know European leagues like like the KHL. So yeah, it, yeah, it'll be nice to get a closer look at him. But I'm I'm excited. Um, yeah, and you know sometimes it's hard to tell how players are going to react playing North America, so that'll always be interesting. But I mean, good, really good prospect overall. Yeah, and, and there are some Russians on the team like Bobrovsky and uh, and Dadnov to uh, kind of help him adjust, um, which which will be huge for him. So well, yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, that being said, if he does end up in Springfield, I, I won't be upset by any means. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure for him though, like. I think the feeling is that he comes over to play in the NHL because I think, you know, in terms of AHL versus KHL, they're pretty similar in terms of, of level. Um, so my, my feeling would be that he's coming over with the expectation he's in the NHL next year. And, and I would hope that that's his mentality also. Oh, yeah, and I think, I think that's his mentality. I think that's the mentality of the team as well, um, that that's where he would end up playing. Um so, it's uh, it's exciting, you know. Finally, have some news. Uh, a lot of other European players being signed uh, lately as well. The big one, obviously, being Lettinen going to Toronto. What are your thoughts on that? I was shocked. Yeah, I didn't. I did not see that coming. Did you see it coming? No, I I didn't. And then 
you know, you'll you'll learn more after the fact that he was pretty dead set on going to Toronto. Um, it's great, you know, not great because Toronto is in the same division as the Panthers, but it's a nice ad for them. I mean, a guy widely seen as the best uh, defenseman over there. Yeah, I mean, especially for them to get a cheap defenseman is going to be very clutch. Yeah, with the, the defense that they have, I mean, they need, you know, they, they need those types of signings. Um, and so and, and he's a guy who can play both left and right from what I've read. Yeah, which, which is huge. The versatility, the cost control. Um, I'm sure there'll be a bit of an adjustment just with the smaller ice, but... Once he gets going, I think that's a great addition for Toronto, which is... Um, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's a steal for Kyle Dubas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as Panthers fans, it's obviously upsetting because, you know, uh, a team in the division. Um, another big divisional ad uh, is Romanov uh, officially coming over and joining the, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, yeah, um, the... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can handle the pressure. I mean, yeah, there's... There's, there's, there's a lot, a lot of pressure on him in Montreal. Yeah, I mean, people are already comparing him to Drew Doughty. Like, that's some high praise. Yeah, that, that was... I think that was Eric Angles earlier this week. Um, but it's... You know, it's... Both... He, he has to be wary of that, but also fans have to keep in mind that this guy is a very young, he's, what, 20, 21. Um, he's not going to be Drew Doughty this year, you know? Yeah. and you it, It'll take time. Yeah, and you, gotta, you always worry about that with, you know, really hyped-up prospects going to those big hockey-crazy markets um, if they're able to handle it, because it's a lot of pressure for a guy who's fairly young. Yeah, and I think that that also helps Toronto in the fact that nobody really saw Letnin going to Toronto. Yeah. So nobody, you know, there were no there were no real like massive expectations for him. So it's going to be interesting how he settles into that market. Yeah. But if if he get if he has a good season, I there's no way I expect him to see him in Toronto in two years. No, absolutely not. It just seems like, you know, he'll go on somewhere else to make as much money as he can, and Toronto will try and fill that spot with either a prospect or another European signing uh, and, down and the line. I think that that's really smart on his part because I don't think he was going to get much more than a million dollars anywhere else in the league. Yeah, and he, and he goes to a spot where there's a lot of attention on him, but there's also a lot of opportunity for him. It's a it's a very good team that he if if he if he can fit right in is he he's going to be able to get a lot of points very fast and really make a name for himself and um, start start gathering a lot of attention around the league for free agency the year after. Yeah, and like you saw that there wasn't that much interest from a lot of other teams because they didn't feel he was going to come over, and then he kind of. When, when Toronto was interested, I guess he decided he'd come, and that's when his... Yeah, I, I remember reading an article that the three interested teams that were kind of the front runners at that point mm-hmm. were Montreal, New Jersey, and Los Angeles. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I can blame him for not wanting to go to those markets. No, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I think Toronto is a great spot for him. Um, they can definitely use a player like him. Um, and, sa- and same thing with Romanov in Montreal. I mean, I'm excited to watch both of those guys uh, yeah, play next think, year. You know, Lettinen's Swedish, right? Is Finnish. Th- oh, Finnish? Well, there are other Finnish players on that Toronto team, so that, that definitely probably contributed. Yeah, they, yeah, they have some other Finnish players there, which always helps. With uh, yeah, I'm not sure how good his English is. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's exciting to at least have some news from around the league. Um, the other big story this week was uh, the Brendan Leipzig group chat. <clears throat> uh, yeah, which I mean, not not really too much to say about that other than it's just awful and. <laughs> Um, you know, good I, I kind of feel bad for the guy just because uh, it, it happened in a group chat, and never in a million years would you expect your your group chat, you know, messages to be public. Yeah, but you have to understand the position he's in. He should never, he should, he shouldn't be making those comments in the first place. No, absolutely not. Right, and you know, it's just, I guess, a lack of awareness of, you know, the position he's in, and. Um, I mean, good. Yeah, good on the team for for terminating his contract. Um, it, it really helps that he's he's such a small time player in terms of he's he's not an impact player. Like he's not gonna his presence or his lack of presence on Washington is not gonna affect the team in any way, shape, or form. I don't think so. I think that's a very good thing that he, he you know he's a small player and it's an opportunity for the Capitals and. To sh- to send the message to the team and the rest of the league that this type of behavior is not tolerated. Yeah, and I mean, and and the whole thing too is that it, it kind of does. It speaks to the bigger issue in hockey of that culture um, that's been built up for a long time, and um, hopefully uh, changes in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, I- you know, and at the end of the day, everyone, I think, has, you know, the maybe not the same type of comments, but uh, comments that they've said in group chats, and it's kind of a wake-up call for everyone. Yeah, and the, and the reality is, like, I'm sure there are, you know, dozens of group chats like that around the league saying 100%. similar things, which is, you know, the bigger issue. Um, and so hopefully, you know... Hopefully he learns from it, but hopefully a lot of other players learn from it as well. Um, yeah. Around the league. And the the other uh, player caught up in that was Jack Rodewald, uh, Panthers prospect, I guess. Um, yeah. Who's, I mean, he's 26 years old. He's really... I don't think he's ever had an NHL point. I could be wrong on that. I don't... I, I, I think you're right. I mean... Not really much of a prospect at that point. Well, you look at his uh, numbers in Belleville, and they're actually pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, like he had decent numbers. Uh, he had de- very, very respectable numbers in Belleville, but just kind of that kind of fringe guy who's really deep down, just a career AHLer. Yeah. But yeah, definitely he's he's done for as well. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, an interesting, yeah. Leipzig's apology on Twitter was no help whatsoever in his case. 
No. Very seemed came off very insincere. Yeah, I mean the comments were hilarious. Yeah. They were <laughs> I mean basically I think the, the most popular comment was go learn Russian, bud. Um I I thought that was priceless. But I mean, if he ends up anywhere, it's it's likely going to be in Russia. Or somewhere in Europe. Yeah, it'd have to be. Um, yeah, he's not playing anywhere in North America ever again, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think any team... is. I mean, it's not worth it to pick up, you know, a, a replaceable guy, you know. It's extremely replaceable. Extremely replaceable guy that's going to, you know, hurt your team's image. It's just not worth it. Exactly. Right, and it's important to send that message that you're not going to tolerate that, especially like with the insincerity of his apology. Like it doesn't seem like he's really learned anything so far, at least from this experience. Yeah. Right. So, you know, hopefully he does. Um, but I mean, and then I think the the other news around the NHL this week was this possible 2014 playoff tournament format. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, mixed. It's, I understand that the NHL wants to include teams that were on the bubble that most likely were not going to make it, but mathematically were still not eliminated. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, but at the same time, I don't think that teams like Buffalo, Montreal deserve to be in this at all. Yeah, and I, and I think the the bigger driver is just the, the revenue, right? With the lost regular season, you know, they're trying to recoup as much revenue as possible. So by having 24 teams, right? Yeah. But like, and from what I can understand is th- this is not going to – this tournament will not happen – in Canada. Yeah. That Trudeau was very clear that anybody coming into Canada to play would would have to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah, so unless you're just you're keeping everyone in Canada for a long period of time, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. So it's just and obviously the US is going to have I think much more lenient policies just considering uh, Texas reopening earlier this week, as well as Georgia. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the, the twenty the twenty fourteen format is good though because it doesn't include the Panthers, so that's good. Like keeps it that, from that perspective, one hundred percent. I definitely like it, um, but I Panthers are going to be playing a very high seeded team, which. What we'll, we'll see is, I, I would assume it's not going to be single elimination; that it's at least going to be best of threes. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm very. I'm very curious. Like, there's, you know, we know parts of the plan that they're yeah. proposing, but we don't. We don't have a ton of information on it. Um, so it's hard to really know, but it's definitely intriguing. I'm excited to see. You know, like it, it's a time where leagues and teams have to be creative. Um. So I'm excited to see, you know, what they kind of come up with. Yeah, and I'm really interested that the, the NBA seems to be just a little bit ahead of the NHL in terms of uh, coming back. Yeah. Is, the, is the NHL going to wait to see what the NBA's plan and then 
unveiled theirs, or are they going to go for kind of at the same time, or is the NHL going to try and go before the NBA? Is I certainly hope that Adam Silver and Gary Bettman are, are talking right now about that, and it's going to be really interesting. And you see the, the NFL came out with their full 17-week schedule, and they plan on playing with fans. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, definitely definitely has to be some level of coordination between the leagues. Um what are your thoughts on the NBA's like idea of like a hub, like a like Disneyland or Vegas? Uh it could be interesting. I think the only issue with that is are, are players gonna be okay with it. Yeah. Which is you know, it's 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 a lot it's a lot of time away from your family and stuff, so it's going to come down to the players, but I think it could be really cool to have everyone in the same same area. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity there to create a really, you know, a really well done and really unique event. Um, but yeah, definitely an intriguing idea. Um, I'm curious to see if it ends up happening. Um, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I, yeah, I mean, the the only thing with like a location like Disney is you have a lot of foot traffic and it's assuming that the park would be reopened to a certain extent. I know uh, China's Disneyland open is opening and they instantly sold out tickets for the reopening. Oh, of course. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be really tough, but I think one thing's for sure is all leagues are going to have very thorough plans when it comes to uh, a continuation of their seasons. Yeah. You know what else I found interesting was I, I was reading uh, 31 Thoughts from Elliot Friedman, and they were talking about, you know, if the NHL comes back and they're playing without fans, it opens up a lot of opportunities for what they can do with, like, certain camera angles and things like that um, and how they produce the game. So I'm curious to see... Um, you know, what changes they make there to create kind of a different viewing experience for people at home. Yeah, I mean, especially it's going to be interesting if and what they do in terms of fan engagement. Yeah, like you can do like online stuff. and There's definitely potential to do stuff online uh, during the game and during the intermissions. Yeah. So... And, you know, is. I assume we'll keep the same format and see two commercial breaks per period or three, depending on how it goes. I assume that'll will stay similar. Yeah, or do you like? Um, yeah, it'll be. But sponsors are it's sponsors are going to be you know it's are going to want in on this. Um, it's going to be interesting. Is uh, what do you do with the empty seats? Like, do you cover them up with banners? With maybe. Uh, potential sponsors. Um, we saw, I saw that teams in, uh, or at least one team in the Bundesliga in, Vienna, in Korea, I think, were, they had cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. Yeah, like I know, I know. Yeah, I think there was a there was a Bundesliga team where you could, uh, I think it was Werder Bremen, where you could like send in a picture of yourself and they'd put you in the stands. Yeah, and this the, the, the I saw a picture and the team was practicing and the stands were completely full with these cardboard cutouts. Um, I also saw that uh, the Chinese Professional Baseball League 
um, they're they're allowing fans, but with social distancing. Yeah. So there's like one fan every four or five seats. Yeah. Which I think is very funny, but uh, it's. I think I think the the league's gonna have to get creative with it. Yeah. Did you see what uh the Florida governor said about the Marlins? Yeah. It's basically social distancing anyways. <laughs> Which is 100% true. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the Marlins in terms of attendance is dreadful. And I think uh, Tampa Bay Rays is pretty much along those lines. They were Tampa Bay was greatly helped by the fact that they had um, they had a pretty good season. Yeah. They made it to the playoffs last year. Uh, I think that really helped, but no, definitely the attendance in terms of baseball seasons in um, in in Florida is not not great. So, just in terms of baseball in general, I'm not too worried about attendance. Yeah, but you know, is teams make a lot of you know teams do make money off of uh, ticket revenue, but they make a lot of money off of those. Um, luxury tickets in terms of suites and stuff. Yeah, suites, season tickets, boxes, everything. Yeah, is it's. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, the UFC, I think tonight, UFC two forty nine. Yeah, I'm not really into the UFC, but of course, it's like the only sporting event going on. So, um, obviously, caught my attention. I think that's tonight. Yeah, it is. I think because I like. I think, I, but I think a fighter was diagnosed positively with coronavirus, though. Yeah, and the event's still going to go on, but I guess yeah. I don't and, know. And teams teams are going to have to teams are going to have to have this entire protocol in in place. Is what what happens if say we do go through with this 2014 tournament and three games in, um, somebody, you know, a player, a player, a player is diagnosed positive. What happens then? Yeah. Like the NBA said they would just remove the player and keep going. I don't think that can work. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would be, if the, if that's the NHL's intention, I think that's that's a terrible idea. Just you know, the the tran the, the the transmission factor of this disease is so high. Yeah. That I mean, as 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 soon as like the guys are in the same locker room, is basically if one guy has it, that everyone has it, from what I can tell. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it'll be. It's going to be interesting to see see how everything plays out for sure. But 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 I know the NBA is going to te- or is going to allow testing for um, asymptomatic players. Yeah, which is huge. It is huge. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it's a very necessary idea, actually. Um, but it's it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. The, the leagues, you know, it's you 
you've never seen this before. Is this is going to be? I forget who said it, but this is the challenge of our generation. Yeah, I think the the main issue, like testing asymptomatic players, though, is that you know if there isn't wide access to to tests. I know there were some players that were against that. They didn't feel it was right that they would be tested so often and have all this access to tests when a lot of people don't. Well, that's my that's my whole like question is why aren't like how hard is testing that it's not available mainstream? Yeah, like I I, I don't know enough about it and what what goes into it Me to, to be able to weigh in. But, I mean, it, it seems as though testing still way below where it needs to be. Yeah. Right, um, like... If they're, if they're yeah. Uh, who, who knows, honestly? It's just... It's... It's... As much as people need sports, is you still have to keep in mind general health and safety. Yeah, like, like we all miss sports, like... You know, it's been so long, but like, I don't want them coming back if they're not going to come back in a way that's, you know, safe and viable. Like, I'd rather them, yeah. I'd rather them just wait until it's absolutely 100% safe. Or at least close to 100% safe that they can come back. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, so UFC 249 is tonight, and... I, I'm just I'm just seeing like a few videos, but the everyone's like the, in terms of staff on location staff is very spread out. They're they're trying to maximize the social distancing aspect that you can contain when you just have three people, three essential people that contribute to the sport in the two fighters and a referee. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Those are the only three players, uh, people like potentially in contact. But you look at other uh, sports like the NHL, where guys are sitting on the bench, super duper close to each other. You know. And you got and you got and you got your coaches too, and the coaches. Yeah. A lot of them are older too, right? So they're at a higher risk. Uh, some of them. Um, Is there, there's so many like moving factors I think that go into this yeah that it's going to be really really hard um, for, for just like the NHL to be able to it, you can't because you can't be sure 100% that you're not going to have a case during the, the resuming of play you have to have a thorough guideline to what happens if there is a case. And I just, it doesn't seem viable. Yeah. It's, it, it really doesn't. So, but. And I, I maintain my stance that the season should just be canceled. I know. I, you know, I, I agree with that stance too. And like, you know, it's obviously, it doesn't seem like the result anyone wants, but it does seem like the, the right one. Yeah, it 100% sucks for teams that were doing very well, like Boston, St. Louis, teams that were doing extremely well. But I think it, 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 the bottom bottom line is it's been two months, or at least almost two months, since there's been a game. 
I'm I'm completely out of it. Like, if you ask me the standings, I, I couldn't even like tell you like who's really ahead of who. Yeah, like you know some of the top. Like, it, yeah, it has been so long. You know, it's just I'm I'm completely out of it. That I'd practically rather just start start scratch start from scratch yeah. and have have the NHL really think next season through instead of focusing on the current scenario. Yeah. To me, it almost feels like uh, like the walkout-shortened year, where it was like at yeah. first you, you, you're really missing it, right, and, it, and it's not coming back, and then you kind of move on, right, for a bit. Like you kind of just lose interest. Yeah. Right, and then obviously it comes back and you're excited again, but like I'm kind of at that stage where it's like, you just kind of move on, like you kind of just have to. Yeah, I 100% agree. Is and when when we have the lockout, we have the benefit of having other sports going on. Yeah, that was true. Yeah, I got really into European soccer when yeah, the lockout uh, turned here. That was. I like, mean, maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll get really into Asian baseball. Um, oh, that's definitely not happening. No way. So, I, watched, I watched the replays from one of the teams on ESPN. It was, it was really hard to get yeah. into. See, what I've been relying on is like I like my PVR machine here, and like yeah. for years, my mom always nags me to delete, you know, these old games or old drafts, and I never do, obviously. <laughs> and it's it's paying off huge right now. Yeah, because I, I just have all this old, like all these old like games from like. Like, really nothing games between, like, Who Cares and, like, 2008. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can watch them and it's great. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of, you know, just replays of old, like, uh, playoff series. And that just really keeps me going. And, of course, all the streaming services, like, I've been, Netflix has been my lifeline. Yeah, it's been huge. It's been great. And I was looking at numbers and... Disney Plus, I mean, who was hoping to get 60 to 90 million subscribers by 2024? They're 5 million shy from that 60 million mark already. Oh, I know. I have Disney Plus. It's great. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, I do. I actually, I, I watched it last night. My dad and I watched, uh, oh, my mom actually uh, joined us for that. Is that uh, we watched, um, played. No. With uh, with Shia LaBeouf, which is basically about the first amateur to win the U.S. Open in the early 1900s. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely Disney Plus, I think, is of, of all the streaming services, has the best um, best sports movies. Yeah, for sure. And like a lot of like most of the stuff on Disney Plus is a lot of just like nostalgia. You know? Yeah, it's just, it's, like, it, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I would recommend, because like it, it's got National Geographic on there too. It does. Like, have you seen Free Solo? I have not. You should watch it. It's sweet. <laughs> like, watch it like on like the best TV you can possibly find, and it is it's sweet. Like visually, yeah, I, it's awesome. It's, yeah, it's all about watching those. I completely restarted Better Call Saul. Um, just about finishing that, and then I, Netflix came out with. Uh, have you watched Waco or Waco? No, I haven't watched Waco yet. Is it good? 
I have not watched it yet, but I mean, I, I kind of know the story around that. Well, yeah, we go to I'm the really standoff. looking forward to it. it did, did you ever watch the Ted Kaczynski kind of like re, uh, like series that they made? The Unabomber? Yeah, it's like, it's like Manhunt Unabomber. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, from what I can tell, it's like kind of the same, um, design in terms of they, they kind of, uh, it's just, uh, they, they cast actors to, replay the scenes oh yeah, yeah so i think i think that'll be really interesting but uh definitely the lifeline and i saw on twitter they were asking you know what the best hockey movie was yeah what, what's your opinion on, on your your favorite hockey movie of all time so i mean it's it's a really close one but for me and i've watched this movie so many times it has to be Miracle. See, I've only seen Miracle once, right? Like, okay, so, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, because you know me. Like, I'm a big hockey guy, right? But like, for some reason, I just like never watched it. That's I am. I'm not gonna lie. I'm shocked. Yeah, like I, I guess like I never watched it as a kid. I only watched it like a year ago. I think it was like the first time. Because I just, I'd never seen it. I mean, I mean, the, the, the Mighty Ducks movies were always good growing up. I watched those. See, the problem with the Mighty Ducks movies for me is I, I always, I love the movies. I have, I've never seen D3, though. Yeah. They're, but coming from a hockey perspective, there's no realism whatsoever. See, the, the big thing for me and the, issue, the only issue I really have with it, like obviously unrealistic, but it's whatever. It's a kid's movie. It's that Gordon Bombay is not a very good coach. No, not at all. Like, I'm like, I, I just, I get like a Bill Peters vibe kind of, you know, like I just, <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think he's maybe the best coach. Um, for me. So that being said, if I had to give you a top three of, um, hockey movies I think it would have to be Miracle first then uh, second would have to be The Rocket I was gonna The Rocket's probably my favorite one The Rocket I mean and if you're able to understand French definitely watch it in French I mean you've heard me speak French it's not great <laughs> but I bunch of NHL players actually contributed to that movie too and, uh, Sean Avery plays a, big, a pretty big role in it too is it's it's so good in terms of very realistic in terms of the actual hockey being played. Yeah, yeah. I, I always I like... think that's a huge contributor, and you, you see you see the stuff that I mean, it's completely different. I mean, they, they didn't have they had um, metal like cage like uh, structure instead of the. Uh, Boards, you know, it's yeah, it was it's like fencing, completely right? different time. Yeah, it's, yeah, fencing. Sorry, yeah, yeah. See, I, yeah, I thought the rock was just really cool because it was just, I thought it was really well done, really authentic. Yeah, right. And like, I don't know, miracle. Because like, I, I wasn't alive during like always like, you know, those Olympics. So it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. hit me the same. Um, you know, it's really good. It's not a. And then I think, I think third. Third for me would have to be Slapshot. Slapshot's great. 
just a classic. Yeah. 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 Paul Newman playing hockey, like just fantastic. Yeah. It's everything you want in a movie. Yeah. But definitely that. Yeah. No. I've, these these hockey movies. I've never seen. Have you ever seen Mystery Alaska? No. Kind of about. Do you know the story behind it? No, I don't. It's the um, so it's this like I've never seen it either, but it's this Alaskan hockey team that gets the New York Rangers to come and play an exhibition game in Alaska against them. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, never seen it, uh, but. I'll get around to it one day. Uh, that's really cool, and I think if, if you've ever seen Young Blood, yeah, but that's that's kind of like same uh, same 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 category as Slapshot for me in terms of hockey movies. Yeah, have you ever seen a uh, Hello Destroyer? No, I don't. I've like never even heard of that. Okay, yeah, it, I think it was like a smaller like indie film. And it's like it's a hockey movie, but it's pretty dark. It's about like junior hockey, and like really? players hazing each other. Like it's really dark, but it, it's, it was pretty good too. Like, I, 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 I think it's yeah, like, no, there's there's definitely some really good hockey movies out there. Yeah, like re- recently, like like Goon was pretty good. Yeah, I definitely loved Goon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as like. It feels like, you know, they don't make as many hockey movies anymore. Goon is, like, a lot cruder and focuses on the fighting aspect of hockey. Yeah. Which is a little different from the others. I mean, Youngblood is definitely focuses on fighting as well. But, yeah, it's more hockey, like... Well, Goon's just, like, all fighting. Yeah, I, it's definitely good just because of the, the actors that play in it. Yeah. You know, and Jay Baruchel definitely, you know, is a huge contributor to that movie in terms of he basically can't, it's his brainchild. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Definitely love yeah. that. Yeah, I just saying, I gotta go, like, I gotta rewatch some hockey movies. I haven't seen some of them in forever. Yeah. So definitely. Um, Definitely do that. There's some really good ones out there. There's a lot I haven't seen actually, but yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. They're, they're, but there really aren't that many. Yeah, maybe I'll text you later. We'll come up with a list and we'll we'll tweet it out from the the podcast account. Yeah, yeah, maybe that that'd be a good idea. See if, yeah. if any listeners have uh, different different opinions about that. Yeah, because I mean we're running late on time here. Um. We were going to do our our all-time Panthers teams, but I think we should save that for next week. Yeah, I think we should. I, save. Um, and then after that, we don't really have any concrete ideas, but if anyone listening has anything they want us to talk about or do, I was thinking maybe we could do like, hockey, like, like hockey debates, like uh, debate some controversial hockey moments or ideas. <laughs> Should Mike Babcock have been fired? Yeah, I was thinking more controversial. Like, I think, I think that's a pretty clear yes. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking, like, talking about, like, the shootout or talking about, um, you know, who's the greatest goalie of all time, stuff like that. Yeah, or maybe we could, we could, we could even talk about the whole point distribution. Oh, the, yeah, the, the three points. That's point. a huge debate. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we could do some of those. Um, but if any of our listeners have any ideas, um, feel free to send them to us because we're running pretty low, as I'm sure everyone can tell. I keep coming up with stuff, but it, it might be better to have other people's input. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah, we got some stuff. We're gonna we're gonna run out eventually, <laughs> for sure. Unless hockey comes back soon, which I don't think it will. Yeah, it's but, sad times. Yeah, but you know we'll we'll figure it out um, for sure. Um, but thank you to everyone uh, tuning in today to the podcast. Hope everyone is doing well, um, and we will see you guys next time. Another shot for the Cats to win it in the seventh round.